episode 122 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. Total calamity. Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. Welcome to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks again for following, liking, subscribing, rating, reviewing, doing all those good things for this podcast. We are. This is our 122nd episode. We've been doing this for over two years, almost three years now. Hope you're still enjoying it. I've got to start by talking about the calamity in Afghanistan. Um, I, I have been choked up watching this. Obviously, we knew that our fragile, uh, the fragile government that we helped prop up in Afghanistan would not survive long upon our departure, but we haven't even left yet. I mean, we still have people in Afghanistan, and it is a complete and total calamity. Um, the scenes at the airport over the weekend alone were devastating. Now, I am recording this early uh, on Monday afternoon. I usually re- record on Monday evening because I have an event tonight with veterans of that war, an event that's long been scheduled. As many of you know, I'm very active with a charity called Building Homes for Heroes, which builds mortgage-free, accessible homes to men and women who served in Afghanistan and lost a limb, lost their sight. Um, I have been volunteering with this charity for, I guess, about 10 years now. They are amazing people. Um, the recipients of these awards are the amazing people that run the charity, too, that really give uh, of themselves. I'm going to go see them tonight. And these are men and women who sacrificed so much in Afghanistan, some of them in Iraq. Um, to see all of that sacrifice evaporate before our eyes, um, it is hard to watch. And I am not going to give Biden a pass on it. You all know I'm a huge supporter of President Biden. I think President Biden's doing, for the most part, a great job. This was not done well. And we could blame the generals all we want. We could blame Trump for picking a date last year, um, giving the Taliban plenty of time to figure out what they were going to do. But ultimately, the final decision on what to do was made by President Biden. The buck stops with him. Now, this is not a calamity of one president. This is a calamity that starts with George W. Bush, continues through Barack Obama, amplifies during the Trump administration, and finally sees its wreckage during the Biden administration. And he's only been president for seven months. We can't hold him accountable for everything. But look, um, there's a lot of blame to go around. Um, The blame, it's not a, this is a truly bipartisan collapse Democrats Republicans the media myself lots of blame to go around here on what was going on there the we've ignored the reality of the situation in Afghanistan for as long as we have been there Uh, Alexander the Great tried to conquer Afghanistan the British tried to occupy Afghanistan The, the former Soviet Union tried to occupy Afghanistan. We have tried to occupy Afghanistan. We have all failed. 
and we have failed the people of Afghanistan. There are men and women who have helped us, and then there are men and women who believed in what we were doing there, who believed that their daughters could have a future beside just giving birth and, and keeping a home, who believed their daughters should be educated, who wanted the same life for their daughters that I want for my daughters, that I'm giving my daughters, that you are giving your daughters. And that dream is gone now in that, in that nation. Religious fanatics have taken over that nation. A kind of radical, you know, fanatical Islam that really isn't practiced anywhere else in the world. And frankly, there are signs to say that it is now stronger in Afghanistan than it was when we went in there 20 years ago. And look, we've had some success. We did get Osama bin Laden. And, and while he was in Pakistan... We drove him out of Afghanistan. But I, I feel for those people who are left behind, uh, particularly the people who helped us, but, but everyone who believed in the system we put together, who are now going to suffer under the Taliban, and there is virtually nothing we can do about it at this point, unless we want to have another 30-year war. I was watching Morning Joe this morning and, um, you know, I'm sorry, Mika. We can't keep 50,000 troops in Afghanistan forever like we have in Japan. There is a strategic reason why we're in Japan. We would be in Afghanistan simply to protect the government of Afghanistan that we have propped up, which should be against who we are. That country needs to stand on its own. Now, the way we withdrew and the speed by which these people took over. And, and it is amazing to me. There were you know, well over 150,000 Afghanis in the Afghan armed forces who basically dropped their weapons and ran when the Taliban came. They dropped their weapons and ran. Can we hold Joe Biden responsible for that? No. Should our generals foreseen that? And advise Joe Biden, giving him other options. Yes. So it is a uh, it is a tragedy that uh, will be etched in the minds of Americans for a very long time. And politically, uh, I see this as a major problem for Joe Biden. And I am not willing to defend his positions here. He has been in silence throughout the weekend as this has been going down. He will give remarks in just a little while. I am not able to hold off doing this podcast to um, wait for those remarks. I don't I don't even know what else to say. I mean, I feel um, horrible about what I'm seeing, horrible about what I'm watching. You should as well. I don't know what else to talk about on this podcast. I have an excellent guest. It's a very lighthearted interview with my friend Sarah Burris. I'm going to drop this in here. And then I'll come back to wrap up the show on the other side. But, you know, I, I hope to, if, you know, I, if there's a God, and, and I believe there is, I, I hope that God is watching out for these people who believed in the hope that we gave them these last 20 years. There's a whole generation of people that did not grow up with the Taliban who are now going to have to suffer under their thumb. And I hope. I hope that there's a God that is looking out for them and gets them through this and 
gets them out of Afghanistan, frankly. Um, this this organization, this this group is a is you know terrorism in the name of their faith. Which, by the way, there's some of that going on in this country too. Trust me, there isn't that much difference between some of these radical right wing fanatics and the Taliban, the Proud Boys, some of these radical religious cults in this country who are part of the right wing coalition. Not that much different, trust me. People who believe that they're going to legislate Christianity to you, not that much different. They're not picking up a gun, but they're they're drawing congressional districts that they can't lose in. And they're trying to restrict the vote of people who they think are heathens. Not much different. All right, stick around for a very lighthearted interview with Sarah Burris from Raw Story. And I'll be back a little bit to wrap it up. I'm back with my good friend, Sarah Burris, from the great internet publication, Raw Story. Sarah, how you doing? Hey, happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Thanks for joining me. So, Sarah, uh, Mike Lindell has promised <laughs> us all that Friday, July 13th, would be reinstatement day. For Donald Trump. Now, I don't know about you, but I have not gotten an invitation to the inauguration. Have you? No, I definitely have not. But I'm not sure that I would have, given my background. Mm. Um, <laughs> I've been watching. I don't know if you how much of it you've watched. Um, it's been something. It has been something else. Um, it. I know a lot of folks have talked about how he just sort of rambles on like maybe he's doing meth or yeah uh, this is a guy who this is a guy who wrote a book about how he was a crackhead so it's not like we're speaking out of turn he was at one point in his life addicted to crack and he sure does seem like he's on something now doesn't he i mean it could be that it could be i've seen my uh my aunt is bipolar and unmedicated and tries to self-medicate with drugs and alcohol a lot so i she i think when she's unmedicated it, it she just like rambles like in that same yeah way. so it could be some sort of mental health thing um and, and realistically like what he is talking about and how he's saying it he really just sounds like maybe he's nuts yeah. I mean, I don't know the clinical word for it, but it just seems a little nut. He he seems a little nutty, yet somehow, some way, there are millions of people in this country that believe what this guy has to say, like he's Nostradamus or something. It's it's kind of ridiculous. It's um I I wonder how many of those people are also nuts. Yeah. Uh <laughs> because even Right, like I, I spent a lot of time around a whole bunch of Republicans, and even the Republicans that I know are looking at him, being like, "Yeah, I'm not that guy." Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, not with him. <laughs> yeah. The the crate one of the craziest moments was last night um, during his his symposium, his cyber uh, symposium, his cyber symposium uh, was whenever he talked about his uh, losing the motion to dismiss the defamation defamation case up against uh, Dominion voting machines. And he basically just started rambling and I'm trying to transcribe this guy. Okay. Like, Oh, you're covering the entire thing for raw story. You're like watching every minute of this. Not every minute of it, because at some point, like I just can't, 
anymore. Um, and I and I sleep. I'm yeah. a fan of sleep. Yeah. Uh, so this I haven't watched all of it, but whenever you know stuff tends to be crazy. Uh, you know he'll take breaks and stuff, and so I try and watch for a couple of hours a night if I can. I watch until I can't take it anymore. Right, right. Then I turn and and turn on something friendly. Where do you even uh, watch that? Like, what is it on? Like Newsmax or something? Uh, it's on OAN, but uh, I've been watching it just on the YouTube stream because usually I keep it on. Uh, I flip back and forth between CNN and, and MSNBC on my TV, and then I have you know, an earphone and one ear and that's on Mike Lindell. So got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. I would watch guys groceries games while uh, watching that. That that would be me. Oh my God. I love guys grocery games. It's amazing. Is there any better celebrity on television than Guy Fieri? Like, is there anybody better? I, I'm sorry. I, I watch more Guy Fieri than anybody else. I, I don't mean to divert off of our Mike Lindell conversation. We can get back to that in a minute, but, right. but I, I don't know. The guy's just likable. He's showing me food that I want to eat and cool places. What a gig. Yeah, right? Like, it's the combination of supermarket suites and, like, uh, top chef. Yeah. All in one all in one show. And it is fantastic. It's it is brilliant. Fa- it I love it. It is fantastic and brilliant and fun. And, it, it, you know, one of my best friends is a producer on Chopped. And I always tell him, like, I love Chopped, but I kind of really like guys go <laughs> Guys, grossies games. It's just like I don't know. I like it. I like the whole thing. I like everything about it. Yeah. I, you know. And I watch Diners, Drivers, and Dives. So it's kind of like he gets a lot of those same guys to come on. The guys who own those yeah. restaurants. I, I don't know. I just think it's pretty cool. Anyway, back to Mike Lindell. Yeah. So, so you're watching all of this, this madness going on there. Is there a crowd there, or is it just him? So at first there was a crowd of people there, and they, um, you, there are a couple of people who've been doing videos where they talked about uh, what they expected from the symposium and how they feel like they've sort of been let down. Uh, there was a video of a couple of dudes uh, with very long beards who, uh, who were talking about their, you know, what that they feel like they've, they haven't been able to get what they wanted out of it, right. that they were promised that it, there would be proof and there hasn't been proof. And right. There hasn't been. Uh, and that's the thing that, that Lindell has been saying for weeks and weeks and weeks is this thing is coming up. I'm going to give you all the evidence you need. This is going to be huge. So we're going to have Supreme Court is going to come in with a nine to zero uh, opinion that will reinstate Donald Trump and everything will go back the way it was in 2020. And there just is not any evidence of that. And we keep being told that there will be. And there's just not. Yeah. Yeah. And he changes the date. He's like he's like a cult leader that changes the date that the world's going to end several times and then he just yeah. tells everybody to go kill themselves. I mean, that's the next step, right? Yeah. No kidding. Jeez. And it's sad. It's scary to think, but that has happened in other cults. They say the world's going to end on Friday. Well, wait, I got I got my math wrong. It's going to end uh, in three Fridays from now. Oh, my math is wrong. Oh, but it's definitely going to end on Tuesday. We better kill ourselves on Monday. Like that's what happens. And you, you just have to wonder, like, at what point are people going to follow him off the cliff? Yeah, I think because people are. It's, it's just terrifying. And I would say, too, like, I'll, I'll tweet out the story that I did last night where I did transcribe him just for, for SNGs. Like, go through and look at some of that text. Yes. It's just when you look at it, it's different when you hear it. You know, it's just like blah, 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 blah. And it's a little bit like Donald Trump. 
when you look at the words in context, you're just like, what is happening? Yeah. What, yeah. what is going on? How is this brain? Like, you just imagine his brain sort of being filled with Play-Doh and some monkey, monkey punch it, punching it. Or something. How does this guy have such a successful business? <laughs> you know? I mean, think about it. The guy made millions of dollars selling really a subpar pillow. I had one at one point. Somebody bought it for me. Before he was political. I mean, how does this, how does this happen? How does a guy like that make more money than us? Right? No kidding. <laughs> I think about this um, all the time. I think I, anybody who is taking any kind of upper probably can stay up and do a heck of a lot more work. Yeah. Um, like I said, I really enjoy my sleep. So uh, oh, you don't have you know, a puppy. I, I the, you, you don't have a puppy. Right. There Pu- you go. Puppies keep you up all <laughs> night. They wake up every couple of hours. They need lots of attention. You got to bring them outside to pee. You know, I have had a child... And I've had a puppy. Children are easier because you take the diaper off, you throw it out, you put a new diaper on, you know, you put some ointment on them and you put them back to bed. The puppy, you got to get up, you got to go downstairs, you got to put your shoes on, you got to go outside. The lawn is always wet. I said that to Evan last week, uh, my, my guest last week. I don't want to, I don't want to repeat it, but it is true. The lawn is always wet at night, <laughs> which means I got to dry the puppy off when I get back in the house because I can't put it back in a crate without the, you know, being all wet. And then we, you know, it happens two, three times a night. And that's why I have no voice, America, if you're listening to me right now. I've been talking to a puppy all day and all night, in addition to other things I do. And uh, I haven't been sleeping. <laughs> so it's it's pretty crazy. Watch your art. I mean, don't you have kids that could be taking the dog out? At some point, there is a time in a parent's life when they pass everything off to the children to do. So like the baby basically so, just become your little your little executive assistant. So the truth of the matter is this is my second dog because my older daughter who moved out took care of the first dog and she really did because I don't remember this part of the puppiness at all. And my younger daughter is at camp and I was the one who wanted the puppy because I like to go for walks. And uh-huh. when you're an old guy walking around at night with a puppy, you're a great guy walking his dog. When you're an old guy walking around at night uh, by yourself, you're some weirdo. What are you doing outside at night? Go back to your house. Don't you have a place to be? That sounds more. That sounds like a uh, more of a you problem. It is a me problem, which is why I got a puppy because I didn't want people staring at me when I was walking at night because I like taking a constitutional like around nine o'clock. Sarah, I do like to go on an evening constitutional and look at the stars. <laughs> And I don't want my neighbors to say, stay away from the door, kids. There's that weird guys out there with this flashlight. So, you know, when you got the and puppy. A reflective vest. Yeah, and a reflective <laughs> vest. <laughs> you know, sometimes I wear this like running vest that I have that somebody bought me that kind of lights up in multiple colors. <laughs> it's, it's very, it's very nice. Uh, but it's, it is, it, it, look, you have cats, right? Don't you have a cat or something? I used to. Oh, what happened? Oh, she was very, very old. She was 21 and, uh, and had feline diabetes. And usually they don't even live. No, 21 is great. After that. Yeah, I had a cat that but, lasted 16 years. Um, but now I live in a building that's pet free. And uh, so I babysit my best friend's cat a lot. And, um, you know, at some point I will move and there will be lots of animals in my life. I was thinking about getting a horse. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I looked up the the uh, requirements for my uh, the city, the municipality where my house is, um, and how much space you would have to have. So, 
have to be like a certain number of yards away from another person's house if you're going to have a horse. Um, and I just have this like idea in my mind of, you know, like Billy Crystal in um, City Slickers when yep. he has Norman the cow and he's walking Norman the cow down the streets of New York. Like <laughs> I just have this idea of me walking a horse, you know, like a giant dog. Well, I mean, you, you're you supposed to get on the horse and ride it. <laughs> I don't think you're, you're not going to do that. I don't want to. I don't want to do that. I don't want, like, you know, saddle him up. Just to be like, come on, man, let's go get a coffee, you know? And he'll be like, okay, Sarah. (laughs) Imagine, like... (laughs) You're going to get Mr. Ed. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Except, ideally, um, you know, like a lady horse. I was thinking, you know, like, calling her a unicorn or something. Ah, ah, yeah, Petulia. I have a lady dog. Her name is uh, Nala which is Swahili for gift. It's also the Lion King girlfriend. The only yeah. thing my daughter really did do was name the dog. <laughs> so it's nice. So, uh, but it is cute and it's adorable. And if you follow me on Instagram, you can see all the pictures of her. I put some on Twitter as well. Uh, she's an adorable dog, but she is a terror right now. An absolute terror. She wakes up and she needs to play. And for her playing means biting. So, you know, we're trying to take her off that. And uh, she's beautiful and cute and smart. I've taught her a few things already, but man, oh man, it is like a full-time job. It's crazy. I mean, if she's smart, you really should start teaching her how to clean the house. I, You know, I've been thinking about this, Sarah. <laughs> um, Can you attach like a, a, a vacuum or something to her paw? Well, she's kind of like a mop now. Like, when I, you know, like when she's biting me, sometimes I just slide her across the hardwood floor and she kind of picks up all there the dust. Go. It's it's kind of good. Then I got to wash her, though. Brilliant. But it is, I, I have been thinking that I need to declutter my life. Like, I've got too much clutter in my house, and I just want to throw stuff out. I want to get a dumpster and just throw things out. But I don't think the rest of the family will appreciate my choices of what gets thrown out. Because for me, it's kind of like, have we used it in the last year? No, let's get rid of it. I am a bigger fan of donation stuff. Because you can convince your family to get rid of stuff if you're like, we're giving this to somebody who needs it more than we do. Oh, oh Sarah, we donate, I would say... 20 bags of clothing a year to charity. We've this year we donated uh, a couch, a table, chairs. Like we've been donating, we donate all the time. The house is still cluttered. I have boxes of like paper of like things that we've worked on that just needs to get tossed. Like, why are we saving this? Maybe I got to light a fire in my fireplace and burn these papers because we can't throw them out for some reason. But I've got too much stuff. It's crazy. Jeez, man. There's a whole show about that on uh, on Netflix. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. I mean, it's it's not it's not, you know, I I'm, I don't want to blame everybody else. It's me too. I've got I've got a problem too. It's not just my my wife and kids. It's it's me. Uh, but it's uh it's it's a big problem and we haven't had anybody come and clean the house in I don't know, when last February. So it's it's been a while. 19 months. Um, so it's pretty tough. So, okay, let's get back to politics because people want to keep, people are on this show to talk about politics, not about, uh, <laughs> not about my clutter and my puppy and your horse and Oklahoma and gardening. <laughs> but let's talk a little bit about Dan Crenshaw, uh, Republican congressman trying to be more Trumpy than he really is getting a little taste of his own medicine today. Don't you think? Oh Yeah. Um, so basically Dan Crenshaw got booed at his own event, uh, which he absolutely 110% deserved. Um, I don't know if he is actually vaccinated back in, uh, April, I think it was CNN did a survey of 
all of the Republican officials in uh, the House and the Senate who have or haven't been vaccinated. And Crenshaw said back then that he was not vaccinated. Uh, I don't know if that has changed at some point between April and now, and he's just not talking about it. But basically, it was heckled at a Republican fundraiser about Trump losing the election. And, um, you know, it's just a lot of folks are making fun of him because he's trying to be this like Trumpy guy and he just he just sucks at it. Like, that's the thing. It's, yeah, because it's, it's, it's probably not who he really is. Right. I mean, I think there's a lot of people. It's not who they are. But yet they're trying, 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 trying. And it just doesn't look good on them. And they're going to get primary for it. Don't you think? Um. I don't know. I think that's the goal for a lot of these Republicans is figuring out how to turn so far right that they will not get primaried by a Trumper. Right. Um, but I don't know what that district really looks like, especially after redistricting, you mm. know, like mm. this, how much of that district is going to be super crazy Trumpers or the sort of middle of the road suburbanites. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens in Texas. I guess they're going to get a quorum at some point there. I, I, those Texas uh, Democrats can't stay in Washington forever. Um, and Abbott seems intent on, you know, denying people the vote, even as, you know, his state is suffering one of the worst COVID crises in the nation right now. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens if, if the Congress grows a pair and, uh, and, you know, passes some real election reforms. Man, that is the thing that really is is bugging the heck out of me is that Democrats truly seem like they want to lose on this issue. And we're not fighting hard enough for it. And we're not fighting it in reasonable language that I think others can understand. We're fighting this whole like, oh, it's not fair and Republicans suck. And that really what we should be talking about, like what what Texas is saying is that um, we should ban 24-hour voting because the drop box in Houston wasn't secure. Right. So what Democrats should come back with is, oh, okay, you want to secure the election. Let's do it like what we do with banks. You know, banks can secure your, um, you know, billions of dollars that move back and forth across the world 24 hours a day. It, you could secure it like the IRS because you can submit your uh, taxes online. Um, there is a whole world that exists online for money and commerce and um, and government business that that is completely in secure. So why don't Democrats just come out and say, OK, well, we're going to make this election far more secure by putting elections online and then everybody can access it. You can, you know, log in with your library card or your student ID or your driver's license that's linked to the DMV. And um you know, all of a sudden we have this option. Right. Why not? Like, why can't we make it like a bank? Banks make it very convenient for you to withdraw your money wherever you want, anyhow you want. Yeah. And they figured it out. And they don't, they're not in the business of losing money. Sarah, Florida is in a world of hurt with COVID. It is now leading the nation in cases. It's long since past New York. Uh, leading the deaths, leading the state, leading the nation in deaths over the last couple of weeks, leading the nation in hospitalization. And it's got a governor, and I talked about this earlier in the show, who is really interested in running for president in 2024 and has decided that the way to do that is to be really anti-mask uh, mandates and vaccination mandates and things of that nature. I, I, this is driving me crazy. 
Yeah, this is really, really bad. And I think one of the the best statistics I heard from somebody uh, last week was that if Florida was its own country, the United States would ban travel there. Yeah. That's how bad it is. Uh, the numbers this week are that uh, the margin with which Don, uh, Ron DeSantis won his his last election in 2018 was um, we've lost that many Floridians. Wow. And which is a huge number of people. There was a story uh, we just published on Raw Story earlier that um, Palm Beach County schools are already basically putting kids in quarantine because after the first day of school, somebody turned up positive. Right. Um, so like, because of these, he's, he's fighting these mask mandates for whatever reason. I don't, I don't really understand it, but he, he seems to think that the mask is the enemy. And, um, and, and so he's threatened to, uh, take the salaries of superintendents yeah. away if they implement mask mandates at their schools. And some of these superintendents are just like, fine, do it. Yeah, I would rather not have a salary than have the lives of children on my shoulders. Mm. And if you want to have that, then, you know, you do you. It's amazing. It's amazing that he's willing to kill people because he wants to run for president. I quite frankly think this goes back to CPAC earlier in the year when South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem took a dig at DeSantis. When she said, well, a lot of these governors, Republican governors, say they didn't close down their states. But we in South Dakota, we allowed whoever wanted to get COVID to get COVID wherever they wanted to go. We didn't shut anything down in South Dakota. And that was a dig yeah. at DeSantis and Greg Abbott, frankly. And those two guys took it very seriously and have gone ape on this. And it just seems like a girl made fun of them. And so now they're going to kill people. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, that's what it boils down to is some lady came in and insulted them and now people have to die. And this is why men and, can't govern. This is another reason why we can't. I mean, I look, I admit it. And the thing is, is, I admit it when girls make fun of me, it makes me very upset and I do stupid things. Like I stopped doing push-ups, you know, because somebody thought my push-ups weren't good enough. <laughs> I just stopped. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, but like, look at the numbers of South Dakota. Like, she does not have a election. No, fund. no. She it was like one in five South Dakotans got COVID. <laughs> it's like, you know. and, and the reason that there weren't more people is because South Dakota doesn't have any more right, people. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, only 500 South Dakotans died. Well, there are only 800 people in South Dakota. What do you, what do you want? Like 500 people in South Dakota? Uh, you have you one. find those numbers to states like Florida that have that have people in cramped spaces. Like we have massive cities all over the state of Florida. There's not a lot of, you know, rural area. No. Uh, in Florida, same in Texas. You've got uh, a lot of spaces in between, but there's a heck of a lot of very, very large cities and suburbs outside of the cities and then smaller towns outside the suburbs. And it just is not, this stuff spreads fast, especially the Delta variant. It is highly contagious. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievably contagious. And the idea that, you know, we we haven't we haven't had to deal with the whole kids in school thing yet. There were a couple of people that tried to go back to school. Um, it didn't go very well. There was still kind of a mask thing, and ultimately everybody just threw up their hands and had summer break. And so this is really the first time that we're kind of all trying to go back to school again. And the idea that we're not going to wear masks, like you'll be able to very very clearly compare the school districts that have a mask mandate versus 
school districts that don't. Yeah. And by the way, and you're going to be able to compare it because kids are going to be taken out of school because they get exposed to COVID and they're going to miss in-classroom activity because these governors want to run for president. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So Again, like we're already talking about how terrible the year off was for the development of children. They're basically going to do the exact same again thing again, except they didn't have to. Yeah. This time around. Yeah, it is. It we is. Know. It is we know sad. How to we know how to prevent this. We know how to stop this. They just don't want to. You think they're going to have any uh, legal uh, repercussions for his actions? I mean, he's really doing things, I think, quite frankly, that put the state of Florida and himself in legal jeopardy. Oh, hell yeah. There's already a huge class action lawsuit from parents of uh, special needs children, some of whom have uh, the kind of uh, um, conditions that require them to be protected. And this idea that you're going to ban masks in a school where these children need people to be wearing masks. So it just puts all of these families in a difficult position. So, of course, they're they're stacking up to go to court. And I say, you know, go for it. I hope Good somebody I hope somebody sues the state of Florida for millions. Of, I mean, look, first of all, I don't want anybody to get hurt, but somebody's going to die because of this. This is not it's not a question of if it's a question of who. Right. Somebody yeah. will die of covid because of the rules Ron DeSantis is handing down. That is blood on his hands. As far as I'm concerned, these are people who pretend to be pro-life. They ain't pro-life. They're pro getting elected is what they are. And it is sickening to me that a guy like that is in power in this nation. The Biden administration has got to find a way to kind of usurp some of that power and declare some sort of state of emergency there. Yeah. Problem problem is the 10th Amendment of the United States Constitution probably won't allow him to do that. But I don't know. But this whole the, the battle, I'm excited to see some of the municipal lawsuits, too, because this really brings the idea of local rule to the forefront, this idea that Republicans believe in local communities controlling themselves, right. that they want to dictate what everybody's community does. And I think that'll be an interesting uh, sort of nerdy lawsuit just for people like us who get interested in this kind of legal things. But the, the lawsuit that I think will be the most important are the, the class action one with the kids and their parents. Yeah, I think that's so. I mean, look, I think the local government thing is an issue, but quite frankly, the Constitution gives the states the power. It doesn't give the counties or the cities, right? In New York State, the counties and the cities are basically an extension of the state. Uh, but it is, it is. I don't really know the Florida version of that law, but it, I would imagine it's very, very similar. But who knows? Sarah, Brittany is about to be freed. We found out Thank shortly you. before I became on, I, before I came on air tonight, that her horrible father. Jamie Spears is stepping down as head of her conservatorship. Uh, now I know you're a huge Britney fa- fan, right? I mean, hit me baby <laughs> one more time is like on your run playlist. I'm sure. Um, tell me, Sarah, uh, what do you make of all of this? We used to actually make up alternative lyrics to a lot of her songs whenever I was in high school. <laughs> um, uh, but I actually, this has been a fascinating issue to watch. I didn't really know anything about it for a long time. And then it sort of blew up and I kind of had to figure out what the heck was going on. Um, I basically ran all of the, the accounting and housing and medical for my grandfather whenever he um, was dying from Alzheimer's. So for about seven, eight years, 
I was his conservator. Wow, eight uh, years. That's a long time. Yeah, outlined in, in his trust documents. And um, I'm grateful that there was no throwdown between my grandfather and my father and me, thank goodness. Um, but I look at kind of what's happening with the what I finally did learn about the Britney thing is this seems like a really messed up kind of a, a thing where, you know, it's not just somebody who is looking out for her best interest. It's somebody who is is um, financially benefiting. Yeah, he was, from- pro- he was profiting off of her pain. She was basically an indentured yeah. servant. And, uh, I mean, this idea that she um, was forced to, to keep performing when she didn't want to, that she couldn't travel, um, the idea that they put her on lithium. Yeah. Um, that's a really, really powerful drug. Like, it's one thing if you're on, like, an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety drug, but lithium's a lot. And that's not something that you kind of throw in willy-nilly. No. Um, and the idea, too, like, there were some allegations about the judge in the case being a little bit sketchy, um, that maybe he was on the take or something. Yeah. Um, so, like, there, I just the whole thing seems really concerning. And so this idea that he's finally just stepping aside, I think it's great. I I would hope that they there would be some sort of independent uh, court-appointed conservator, um, but... You know, this idea that there are allegations that the judge is sketchy, then that just seems... There seems to be a a view that I was hearing, you know, as I came in tonight, that this is going to wind down the conservatorship and she's going to be free. She's got a good lawyer now. The lawyer's actually... The reason why Jamie Spears is stepping down is because she's got a good lawyer who's kind of basically taken it to them, quite frankly. Yeah. And, and that was the other thing, too, is that he was dictating who her lawyers were going to be because he was the conservator. And it just the whole thing was really messed up. And one of actually the good things that's come out of it is um, really stupid Matt Gates um, decided that he thought that this was a big deal and he wanted to talk about it. But it actually has started a conversation in Congress about conservatorships and, you know, what protections are in place to ensure that somebody isn't being taken advantage of. Um, after somebody is appointed and, um, you know, how to regulate these kind of things. And, um, you know, like it's, it is, it's a really hard thing to do. Like I had to make decisions for my grandfather that were not decisions that I wanted to make. They were things that he would want, but I very much did not want. And being able to know that and, and hold that in your, in your mind and in your mind and in your heart and be like, okay, I'm doing this because it's what he would want and it's, you know, the right thing. You know, it's that's the kind of thing where, you know, you, you really have to be a responsible individual. And this, I mean, Jamie Spears does not sound like that kind of person. No, he does not. He sounds like somebody who was just like abusing his daughter, using her money, yeah. uh, basically keeping her as a, like I said, an indentured servant. I mean, she was still working. This woman was making millions of dollars a year. This yeah. is the thing, you know, and quite frankly, I, 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 I believe that had she been a man, this never would have happened. There yeah. are plenty of men who went crazy in Hollywood and in, in the music industry who were allowed to burn through their money and ruin their lives. And if she wants to burn through her money and ruin her life, that's up to her. I, I don't understand how it was up to her dad for all these years. And it really is sexist, if you ask me. And it reminds me a lot of that old timey kind of like 1800s way of the way that we treated women where, you know, if they 
uh, if they if people wanted to get rid of their wives, they just said that they were insane and threw them in asylums. And, yeah. Uh, you know, there there are all sorts of horrific stories about um, husbands who wanted to. The whole the whole movie that uh, the gaslight is that idea of he was trying to make her seem insane by turning down the lights so that they would flicker and then pretending like they weren't actually fr- flickering until she went crazy. And then he could take all of her money. Right. And it's the same kind of thing. And, it, and it's still the fact that it's still happening uh, with somebody that famous world famous, ridiculous. somebody who is like a household name for the last 20 years. It's, it's crazy. Like after I watched that documentary, I was like, Oh my God, should we just like fly to LA and, and just go over and be like, do you want to come with us? Like, we can we can sneak you out of L.A. and you can just stay in my apartment. Right, right. Yeah, just As come on over. Want. We got a you spare know? bedroom. You can hang out here. You don't have to go on stage if you don't want to. You're fine. Like, You're good. Do we just, like, tell her that we can come and save her? You want to have an extra <laughs> slice of cake after dinner? You're you're welcome to it. Here, take it. Yeah, right. You know? Like, like the, here, have the, all the jelly beans you want. Yeah. Uh, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're fine. You're fine. You don't have to go live in Vegas for six months. Just be happy. Right. It's scary to me. Look, I hope she gets completely, you know, complete control over her assets and herself. And she does what she wants. And if she doesn't want to sing ever again, that's on her. And I don't, you know, we've, she's given us a lot of entertaining. She doesn't have to give us anymore. You know, I I think she's done enough. I think she's done enough, Sarah. That's, That's just me. And it is scary to think that there are systems in this world that could, allow that to happen to a person for so long who is so clearly capable of just making their own decisions, even if they're bad ones. Yeah. And there's a, there's a point at which you're like, God, I wish I could, I could control everybody else's decisions, but it turns out that's not the way that the world works. Yeah. It's sad. Um, All right. Look, I'm running out of time with you. This has been great. You were fantastic. Uh, Where are you going to be? Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I've been trying to crack jokes and keep everybody laughing at Sarah Burris, uh, my full name on Twitter. And um, and you can always pop on Raw Story. I'm working tonight, turning out some content and uh, talking about the crazy Republicans. Well, keep turning out that content. I read all of it. You're fantastic. You're one of my favorite writers on Twitter and on, on the web. Sarah Burris at Raw Story. Check her out there. Check her out on Twitter. And of course, she'll be back here on the Chris Hahn Show real soon. Sarah, love having you here. Thanks for joining me. All right, I'm back. I hope you enjoyed that very lighthearted interview with Sarah. Lots of puppy conversation in there. By the way, uh, puppy now sleeping downstairs. Vet told me, just put her in the crate and wake up when you wake up. She's been okay. She is barking a little bit at night. There's nothing I can do about it. Gee, the vet, vet told me to ignore it. So I'm ignoring it. I, I've got a conflict between my vet and my puppy trainer. My puppy trainer is kind of hippy-dippy and thinks that we should be loving and, you know, responsive. And My vet says uh, if she bites you, grab her nose and tell her not to bite you. <laughs> so I, I'm trying it the vet's way because, you know, trying to distract her with toys, I'm running out of toys. I just, uh, you know, horrible. So look, big week coming up congress isn't in session but you know the fervor over what's going on in afghanistan is going to backfire on uh the president uh there's going to be a lot of blame to go around uh but people only like to blame who's in charge right now and to some extent that that is true that is who you blame so uh we'll see how he survives this week and i i you know i think he will i mean it's three years before his re-election but it's a year and a half before the midterms 
But America's memory is very short. But those images at the airport that were shown all over the world today were very reminiscent to Saigon. And trust me, there's a reason why Saigon has been trending uh, in social media all week and will continue to do so. So I don't have a lot to say. I'm going now to go talk to some veterans. Uh, It just so happens that the event's tonight. And uh, wish me luck. I'll talk about it some more next week. But before I go, I want to remind you, as I always do, to seek the truth. Question everyone and everything, even me. Seek the truth. I know it's out there. And I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast.